0: I'm oh, Batman. man. Good luck, Harry Potter.
1: Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 14 minutes. Okay. One, two, three. So, did you listen to the last episode? Mm-hmm. So, like, we're not safe in this bit anymore. Where we do this little bit, where we mm. chat for a uh, second yeah, yeah. or two before we actually start recording, because like he put all the shit in last
0: oh, time. I'm oh, I'm well, well wrong Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For
1: <laughs> so like, I just I, when do we start? I don't know. So I'm just I'm just gonna go for it and hope he does cut this sort of bollocks out. Sure. in future, I don't know.
0: Thanks, Wayne. Yeah. Cheers, Wayne. Love you, really.
1: Hello and welcome to Scream Masters with me, Bav.
0: And uh, me, love.
1: And this week we're gonna look to the immortal words of Marshall Mathers Jesus Christ because guess who's back oh, Jesus. back again Jesus Christ yes we're back tell. tell a friend
0: Jesus Christ
1: and so on I'm not going to carry on yeah I please
0: don't rant. yeah please please, I'm please god I'm don't not a very good rapper
1: <laughs> odd numbers means we're back to movies uh, and this week we're looking at the animated movies of the DC universe but as always before we get there it's time for a little catch up and as it's been a few weeks, the first question has to be, how many new Marvel or Disney Plus shows do we need to
0: do? <laughs> uh, well, actually, there's one less. One less? One less now. There is oh actually God. one less. Yes, yeah, so you, as usual, probably aren't privy to this because you don't go through the sites as well as I do. Um, but Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider, I should say, mm-hmm. has been canned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a Hulu show, which has now been canned. Um Apparently, it's creative differences. Okay. From what I've read, it seems as though—well, yeah—it seems as though they're going to somehow establish Ghost Rider back into the MCU. Now, whether this is the movies yeah. is kind of the suspicion. Okay, so he might. What? What are you thinking? I've no idea. I, mean, I have no idea at this moment in time. This is, this is the wonder of the MCU. We've no idea half the time where this is all going to come to fruition. Um,
1: However, obviously this will be old news by the time this is actually of course, released. Of course. But we have heard in the last couple of days that our man Spidey's back. Thank God. I mean, I just want a fanfare. Yeah. If I had a fanfare right now, I'd just...
0: it's incredible Um, yeah it's let's face it I think it's down to a lot of fan pressure Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The backlash from the decision to remove Spidey from the MCU, or for them not to continue that deal, had massive ramifications. Perhaps more than they thought was actually going to occur. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. The fact that everybody's been very outspoken about it. A lot of people, you know, John Favreau, for example, said he reckoned that they were going to work it out, and it yeah. does seem like it was a last-minute it deal. Like they have, yeah. So yeah, I think we're all, everybody's happy about this decision. Yeah. yeah um, brilliant. You know, they they've indicated. That yes, there's going to be a third Spidey film. I think they're getting the same director back as well, and that he's going to make at least one appearance in a future MCU movie as well. Oh, yeah, that would be great. So where that's going to be, where that's going to lead, it can only it lead to, teams of to new be Avengers prepared. is back on. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> still, true. Got... still a ways away. I still think you know, uh, as I've said before, I think Spidey could become a very important part of the future of, of the Avengers franchise.
1: Absolutely. Um. Oh, I've just noticed a
0: massive note I've written
1: here, Cheap. that I wanted to discuss in the intro oh go on. after listening back to episode six go on I do listen back to all of them just to check what well, we that both I do. ended yeah. like every <laughs> birth, which is very easy these days um Brett McKenzie, that's the guy from flight of okay. the Concords, that's his name, yeah main Clement and Brett McKenzie, okay. so. I don't know why I felt the need to do that, because he doesn't listen to this, he's got no idea, but...
0: No, it's the, need. Well, you said you were going to, no, like, shout it out afterwards, I, like... I totally
1: didn't. Yeah, I didn't so think So I'm going to shout it
0: now. Okay, that's fine. I
1: was just, you know... <laughs> okay. I do know. I've got lots of pages of notes this week. It's all good.
0: You have. You have. I've probably got equal amount of notes. I, See, I we,
1: we're getting more have. and because more again, notes. you've got more notes yes. for the TV bit, but...
0: Eh, yeah. That's, that's always the case. We'll yes. get to that. So... What have you been watching, then?
1: What have I been watching? Uh, let's have a look, shall we? A couple of a couple of horror films, actually, which is... Oh, unsurprising. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's totally me. Um, so i watched the new uh, Child's Play. Oh, okay. Uh, remake of Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I heard Mark Hamill was the voice. And we know he's a great voice from Joker and know, all the or-
0: other bits. Of Mark things. Hamill, come uh, on. Sorry? It's Mark Hamill, come on. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um... So yeah, the the it's the same sort of story, but, you know, evil doll, so on and so. Uh, you know, by a child, and then you know, chaos ensues. But in the original, uh, which was Brad the Reef, I think, who voiced him. Um, if that's how you say his name, uh, he was a serial killer, and through some weird voodoo magic, mm-hmm. his soul got transferred into the body of the doll, mm-hmm. and that's how it started. So this one, they sort of update it a bit. So the intro to start is uh, a, a really disgruntled Vietnamese worker in a factory uh, on the production line building buddy dolls, Right. and he's clearly had enough, so he decides to uh, disable all the safety inhibitor okay. in this AI doll, Yeah. because you see an advert for it, so it's, it's a fully AI doll, but it's got behavior protocols and you know, security stuff in place, so he de- deactivates all of that, puts this chip into this one doll, and then... Kills himself.
0: Oh, happy days.
1: Yeah, exactly. So this defective doll gets brought back uh, to the shop, and the mum t- uh, asks some Yeah, basically, well, she actually kind of forces the guy to let her take it home um, and gives it to her son. So it's clearly a bit wonky to start with, and it actually, like, the voice goes funny and stuff, and it glitches a bit. But as it goes on, the, the, the toy imprints on the child and then wants to look out for the child. Oh, right, okay. So, there's a bit where the child is pissed off with its mum's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Runs into the bedroom and goes like, Oh, I just wish he wasn't
0: here. Oh, God.
1: So, of course, the doll sees this and goes out to make the boy happy.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And it's... Oh, I do The way he kills him, I would not spoil it just in case anyone is a fan of these sort of things, because it's it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch okay. if you like horror, a spin-off, okay. an update of, of the... The child's play thing, because um, I do think it works for the the modern era, the the whole AI running wild thing, yeah. without anything keeping.
0: Yeah, no, it certainly works. updating that from what it was to yeah. more current Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Um, so yeah, that was good. Um, the young boy's very good. Gabriel Bateman, he, he's very good, and there's like a little gang of kids that are around him <laughs> a bit who. Because that's quite funny. They they sort of come up with YouTube videos they can do with this defective doll because it will do anything. Mm. So they're doing as ridiculous things as they can with this doll, recording it on their phones and stuff. Um, but they're not bad. Uh, like making it swear, making it stab things. That's you know that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, newest director, didn't really know him. Um, there's one joke in it that sits weirdly with me. So, the, the doll gets returned at the beginning, to the mum, And the person returning the doll makes a... The, the reason they're returning the doll is because they didn't realise the doll was ginger. Had ginger hair. Okay. Which the doll does, right? The person returning the doll is a black man. I, I don't really know what they're trying to say with this supposed joke, because it just didn't sit right with me. I Are you making a point that... that Black people are too touchy. But she points yeah. out to the guy that he's being, uh, you know, prejudiced against the doll for having ginger hair. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? I don't understand this. That
0: no, is a bit of a. That, that's a bit. That is a bit weird. Um, weird.
1: Like, because why not just a white guy doing it? Why? Right? Why is it a black guy? That seems to be the point, you know?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I, I just don't get what they're trying to say. Are they mocking society in general for being so touchy and outraged about things, or, or what we're not allowed to say anymore? I don't know. It's, it's just a really weird moment at the beginning that I totally don't think it needs.
0: I've got nothing against redheads.
1: And uh, exactly, it's you know, it's the same as anything, isn't it? It's, oh, it's so weird. I don't understand it. Don't know what their point. Was. <laughs> um, and then the only other thing I, I, I've. I've worth mentioning anyway, because I'm a fan, is uh, Gaspar Noé's latest popped up on uh, the streaming service that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's called Climax. And it's set in a dance workshop in like Belgium or France or somewhere. Um, And essentially they're having a big party. But someone spikes the punch right at the beginning. And what transpires is a a ridiculous and baffling descent into madness. And it's very intoxicating. It's about an hour and a half long, and it just slowly descends, and you slowly realise how insane the situation is getting. But because it's Gaspar Noe, he's doing things like spinning the camera around as you're following a character, just to completely disorient you. And in in that way, it then shows you feel disoriented like the character that you're following behind. Mm-hmm. You sort of follow different characters from one part of the building back to the party again. Okay. And you're passing all the other bits and pieces that you've seen that are still going on. Um, there's some really nasty stuff in there, um, but you don't see anything, but you know, what's happening is nasty. Mm. Um, but again, that's what you expect from, from Gaspar Noe. Um, but yeah, again, if, if anyone's a fan of his work, I, I think it's one of his better pieces. I, uh, no, I, I did quite enjoy it, and it, it affected me in the way that I think he intended it to, mm-hmm. uh, by completely throwing me off during the time of watching. Well then, I've rambled enough
0: now. <laughs> well, That's I was. Enough, listen, to say? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've I've watched a few. I mean, I haven't watched as many movies of late. I think because getting through a lot of the DC animated kind of. Um, yes, as as you'll took, as we'll come to took few, took though. my thirst for long movies out out of the picture for a little while. Uh, one movie that I did like, which was on a particular streaming site of ours, mm-hmm. um, was called Shanghai Fortress. Okay, um, I think it's one that I may have mentioned to you at some point, and um, so uh, it's it's actually quite a, a little gem I found. It's Chinese production, and there's been loads of random Chinese films which are popping up. Another one called Animal World, uh, which I'll discuss um, a later. But we before. talked it's, about the Wandering Earth. Yeah, the Wandering. Yeah, I I could never gel with with yeah. the Wandering Earth, uh, but this one's quite good. It's the premise is that an alien spaceship comes to Earth because a new energy. Um, source has been found off of Earth, so they kind of bring it back to Earth, and as a result, this spaceship appears, and the aliens basically want this new energy source, and so it basically takes over certain countries, uh, or you know, cities within countries. So, like, I think LA is destroyed, London is destroyed. There's a, a few big cities which are, are kind of obliterated as a result of this, and the one that's kind of standing still, yeah, is Shanghai. Okay. And so they have built this entire structure in the defense of their city, mm-hmm. using this new power source to kind of power their weapons to power a shield over the city itself, which oh. looks really, really cool. Um, and it's basically an alien invasion trying to take this energy source away from them. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this. I didn't think I would necessarily, don't get me wrong, the, the CGI in place is, is, is a little bit wobbly. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a, a weird romantic plot between this young pilot and kind of a general, or I'm, I'm trying to remember her position, but, which was very bizarre and how, how it all kind of integrated. But as a whole, it was a really good kind of like alien attack on a city thing. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, the the Netflix stuff... Isn't always great from some other country, shall we say? I've, I've tried to look at other ones, but this was actually really enjoyable. Cool. Um, another another Chinese production which I've watched. Now I've me- I'd mentioned to you and other people in the past about an anime series called King's Avatar. Yes. Yeah, I do remember you saying about that. So this is about. A guy who's part of a team, it's eSports, is a huge, huge thing at this point. He's part of this team and kind of gets ousted from the team. He's been there for like 10 years or something, and he's no longer allowed to be his character. And so he kind of goes to work in an internet cafe, and it's all about him befriending some noobs, as they are referred to, to this actual game, and basically forming his own team to kind of get back into the pro uh, pro side of this game. In. And, and honestly, I thought the anime was really good, and the fact that you, when you're doing it as anime, you can do real-world stuff, and then you can do in-game stuff. This actually does CGI-like. They've basically done facial recognition of the characters and input them into the game. So there's real-life action, but there's also interspersed with in-game footage. Okay. And the budget that they've clearly put behind this is quite impressive. Now, I thought... That it's only going to be short because the anime series was 10 episodes long. Yeah. Then I spotted when it went up on a particular streaming site that there were about 20 episodes. I've then since realized that there's actually 40 episodes on there. Blimey. So this isn't a short thing. Yeah. Uh, so this has clearly taken them quite a while to produce because it, you know, it, it really is quite good. Um, it's a bit up and down in places because there are so many characters because you've got people from other teams and... Uh, other characters and introductions and stuff like that. So they don't all necessarily make sense until you get a little bit further on. I'm about 24, 25 episodes in now. I've had to take a break because of recent views, but I really enjoy it. I'm really, really enjoying it. I've no doubt of how it's going to end because it's it just seems that kind of serious. But as a whole, Loved it. I'm really, really enjoying it. So yeah, um, it also gets a bit hard reading a lot of subtitles at times. Not gonna lie, it uh, yeah, tiring on the eyes. It, it is very tiring on the eyes. But
1: yeah, I do find I tend to fall asleep more when I'm. Um, no, oh, the last series of Sword I, I did subbed.
0: Yes, adult- yes, we uh, both did.
1: Yeah. I, it's not that it wasn't great, I just, I'd fall asleep sooner than I normally would yeah. before the end of the episode, because my eyes were just
0: too tight. Well, that's it. It's like reading a book before you go to bed. You Sometimes you, you fall asleep with a book on, on, on your face. Um, so there's a couple of other things I have been watching. I've just started to watch Bojack Horseman. I'm not going to say too much on that, because I've only kind of finished the first series, so I'm going to come back to that at a later point. Um, I've been encouraged to watch this by uh, somebody at work, and they haven't stopped nagging me since so the day they joined about watching Budjo Horseman, so I finally caved, and I am enjoying it but i'll get i 'll get round to that at another point. The one other thing I will say i've watched, and you can see by the smile on my face i 'm so happy. this came out of nowhere. This surprised me because I'd completely forgotten it was starting. It was the new series of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh wow, the first episode was yesterday. Ah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's like a it's it's like a warm friend give me an, a, a warm embrace. Ah, oh, God, I loved it. <laughs> a warm friend from a warm embrace. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much why I've uh, I've been watching, really, as well. Cool. Okay.
1: Now, actually, because you. Threw me straight into the uh, what we've been watching. I uh, we totally haven't done a little bit of housekeeping and, and oh, go stuff that I wanted. To oh, of course, get. it's fine. I'm blaming you for it. It's not your
0: you. Problem. You gave a long pause. What yeah, else am I supposed mean, to do? I was
1: thinking of what I needed to do next. Oh, uh, you know, threw um, <laughs> yourself out. It's fine. You know me. I've got pages and notes, but they're not in order. So, um, we're on episode seven. Episode seven for this one. Yep. Um, and. We did a little Facebook Q&A thing the other day, and we got some uh, initial listening figures back for some of the episodes. So I'm not going to be as vulgar to say them, but just wanted to say thank you to everyone who is listening to this. Uh, We thought it was maybe 15 of our mates (laughs) who were doing us a favour by listening to it. So thank you. Uh, uh, from the bottom of our hearts for being out there. Um, And continue to do so. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Screen Masters. I totally got it wrong in the last couple of episodes. So it's facebook.com slash The Screen Masters. Head over there, give us a like. Uh, Always posting new... um, When the new episodes are up and all the links for the different places iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Alexa, wherever you get it, however you're listening to us. Uh, And we're also starting to put it all up on YouTube now. Um, We aren't, oh my God. Oh, Alexa. What have I done? What have
0: I done? (laughs) Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Just kicking off in the background there. Why did I say Alexa? Stop saying her name. Oh, God. <laughs> so, where we to um, you were explaining all of the various oh, facebook.com
1: <laughs> previous episodes I may have said screen masters if you did that one you probably ended up with the screen printers in Dubai if I remember rightly um, we're also starting to put all the stuff up on YouTube so go to YouTube search for screen masters search for bite back media uh, that's where we are it's the bite back media page uh, there are Co-podcasts, other podcasts uh, on that network with us. Phil and Dave's Excellent Adventure, uh, the third episode of which I listened to the other day. Uh, Shout out to the Flat Earther Theories, Dave. I'm I'm with you, just not publicly. Um, And uh, what's the other one? Fretting Out, Fretting Out, which is about uh, playing guitar and playing instruments live, uh, how to learn, all that sort of stuff. And they're, they're awesome listens uh, Go over there and have a look And uh, give the YouTube page a like And subscribe and follow And I don't know what all the different terms are For all the different platforms
0: Share, like, follow, join us
1: On the Facebook page, send us a message You can email us still at Screenmasters at bitebackmedia.co.uk That's bite uh, Like a computer bite, not a food bite Christ, I made up my own line and then cocked it up And You can head over to Patreon and uh, donate if you so wish Um, you can go over there and there's multiple tiers which will get you multiple rewards we haven't quite decided what the Scream Masters rewards will be yet but they are coming Um, and yes uh, know that we don't get paid for this and we won't get paid for this for many many moons to come we just want to pay Wayne because he has to listen to all this and then try and knock it into some sort of legible form for you guys to listen to, so we we just want to get some pennies in his back pocket for his bruise man he's uh he, he's a thirsty boy, so help us out. head over to patreon, bike back media, and donate over there if you don't want to that's cool. Keep listening, just do something else then go over to YouTube, like the YouTube page for us because then that kicks off their stuff, and then we earn money through being monetized on that so. Whatever you can do to help us is great. Uh, but like I say, it's not going in our pockets. It's going in Wayne's because we need to keep the studio and stuff running up there. Right.
0: I, will, I will just say that after the Q&A, uh, now Pete and I, now we we, we communicate on a good, good few days during the week, uh, usually through WhatsApp, and we catch up. Pete doesn't often call me. So the fact that he called me after this Q&A on Thursday did kind of tell me how excited he was about things. So, again, from uh, from myself as well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Just keep sharing, keep enjoying. Uh, let us know your thoughts. If there's any content and stuff that you want us to cover, if there's any TV shows, any movie themes and stuff like that, let us know, because eventually we'll probably run out of ideas.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, right, with all the admin out of the way then, oh, let's not run long on this one. So, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, I know, man. That's why I should have done my shout-outs earlier. I also want to say that I'm on the tail end of a cold, so I apologise if I sound even more nasally than usual and cough occasionally. Uh, I am using therapeutic Thatcher's Haze to uh, get me through this.
0: Poor little baby. Do you want to go first? Sure, yeah. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so, this week's running commentary is going to be on the animated movies of the DC universe Indeed.
1: So, of which there are let's just tell everyone sure there are 35 to date 35. currently been released uh, Batman Hush being the last one uh, which if you're any kind of comic book fan and you know the Hush storyline don't watch it it was crap they changed it yeah they changed it, yep. and really, really badly as
0: well. I'm not going to lie, yeah, did, did, yeah, I was enjoying it, and then suddenly the, the twist came, and yeah, that kind of ruined it. But anyway, we, we, let's not talk about the ones that we don't want to watch, let's talk about the ones that we did want to watch, and the ones that we did like. So my first pick uh, was Gotham by Gaslight, okay, which yep. was one of the Elseworlds adaptations, uh, kind of a Victorian-era steampunk version of Batman. It was a consideration for my list, I'll be honest. It made it to the 10th. I tenth. thought it might. It made it, it to the 10th. So, I mean, this was really enjoyable for me because, again, it's separate. It's one of the Elseworlds tales. They're always enjoyable. They're not too ingrained in the history of every other film that's come before it and everything else. It's it's This is what would happen if Batman was kind of in that steampunk era. So... I mean, the first introduction is like, you know, three orphan boys, Dick, Jason and Tim or the Cock Robins instead referred to as that point. They're saved by Batman, uh, you know, from the guy who's kind of been looking out for them on the streets and, and they're sent to Sister Leslie, another shout out to yet another Batman character. You know, this is, this is essentially, uh, you know, a murder mystery movie including Jack the Ripper. I see. Um, so it you know, it's it's not your typical kind of, oh, superhero kind of film, uh, you know, with tights and all that kind of stuff. It's the, the Jack the Ripper. You know, it's yeah. pr- pretty brutal. It, it's not, I'm not going to lie, it is not uh, a film for young kids.
1: Well, that's that's you know, that's something I was thinking of as we were doing this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder, you know, is this an episode people think they'll be interested in? Because actually, there's still the stigma around animation, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worth saying that I don't think a single one of my films was less than a twelve A. Probably not. And there are some of them that are 15 mm-hmm. because of the level of violence and and you know mm-hmm. graphic violence in them uh, and gore and adult themes yeah. particularly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's worth saying
0: that that you know
1: they're not. No, they're, they're not. not they're they're not always. I mean, Saturday morning
0: cartoon. Let's face it. I mean, the the reading audience of comics these days is older than it is younger. True. More than likely, True. Uh, you know, it's it's. It's harder to, to kind of get some of the newer kids into mm-hmm. uh, you know into reading, but we we old kids still enjoy what we do. Um, but yeah, and this is honestly very faithful to the source material. I have read this um, many many moons ago. Now I, I can't exactly say how faithful it is. I would say very faithful though to the original source material. You've got all of the usual kind of characters in there. You've got Alfred, uh, who's just great against you know the the orphan boys. You know, avoids being pickpocketed by the, by them, and then kind of takes them in uh you know and then starts looking after them gets them to to do a few works um and you know it, again you've got jim gordon in there as well who again I'm, I'm gonna allow this because it's not a spoiler because it's you know it, it is part of the thing that he's kind of revealed as the killer this goes against who mm. jim gordon is and he's Could misdirect suffered from ptsd as a result of the civil war and he's determined to get rid of Gotham's filth uh by doing what he classes as his holy work, you know, killing off criminals, killing off the poor, killing off prostitutes. It was, you know, it was just really enjoyable to kind of have a self-contained Batman story mm. set in that kind of steampunk era. I love when, you know, he shows up on his steampunk motorcycle. It just looks beautiful. You know, that that steampunk era kind of vibe always kind of intrigues me.
1: Yeah, I like it as
0: well. Um, so yeah,
1: so this was yeah it's another reason why I'm loving watching Cora again with my daughter. Is, yes. Is- the, the steampunk vibe that they've got running through that is very good
0: yeah so uh, so that was number one I mean there were, don't get me wrong this was a hard stuff through 35 films I, I probably ended up watching maybe 15 to 20 so this has taken a good few weeks you, you watched a lot I, watched,
1: a lot. I watched I watched a lot i seen every film on the list mm-hmm. when it released mm-hmm. um, some I remember better than others but the, I I knew where I wanted to go
0: yeah, it took me a while
1: so I just focused on those ones It's like one like the Uh, No, I won't say just in case it's on your list. No, 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 no. We'll discuss it when we get there.
0: Uh, So that was one for me. How about one for yourself?
1: Okay, so number five, and I've only put these in here because I'm never going to get the chance to talk about this character otherwise. (laughs) Um,
0: So I've gone for
1: Green Lantern First Flight, and I'm also shoving Green Lantern Emerald Knights in there as well, which are the two Green Lantern films on the list. Um, So uh, First Flight is the origin story of Hal Jordan. Mm Mm-hmm. Faithfully retold, with Sinestro as the bad guy, turn into the uh, weaponers of Quad to forge the Yellow Ring, mm-hmm. and uh, and then go against the Guardians. It's really well done. It's really good. I I, I love. You know, Hal Jordan's my favourite character. So. Who'd have thought? And like I say, I'm never going to get the chance to talk about
0: him. What, you don't want to talk about the DC movie? Nope. You don't love a bit of Ryan Reynolds GL? No. no I can't watch it. I actually can't watch it. i watch it so
1: that I can try and pick some good stuff out of it and make myself feel better, but I can't. But yeah, first of all, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a bit standard because it's an origin sure. story. But I do really like it. I like the way it plays out. Um, Emerald Knights is the more interesting one, I think. Yes. Because it's more of an anthology mm-hmm. uh, in the vein of Gotham Knight, that's also on this list, which is like an anthology like they did with Animatrix. Mm-hmm. So it's like an animated thing, but it's set in the Nolan verse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, so there's a story thread is Hal is training Arisa, the new lantern. They're not in the same universe because Sinestro's a Green Lantern still mm-hmm. and remains a Green Lantern throughout this. Episode, but they're taking on a threat, and then back, you know, characters give backstory mm-hmm. uh, as we go along, and we get three or four little pieces to see the uh, wider mythos. I guess you mm-hmm. know, to sort of build build the universe. Um, it's really, it, I, I think it's really good. It's really interesting. Um, there's an awesome bit where they've captured Atrocitus, who's the leader of the Red Lanterns. For anyone that doesn't know, but he foreshadows what's coming with Sinestro and the Sinestro Core and the War of Light, and that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I just... I just wanted to put... I wanted to put them in, Mm -hmm. because I want something to do with Green
0: Lantern (laughs) to be talked about on this podcast.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm sure we'll go... No, I feel rubbish, because I haven't really got much more to say on them, but there you go.
0: I'm sure we'll talk about GL from the Justice League animated series at some point, because there's a a good few episodes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And he was also very good in, I think it was the Batman series that came out, they did like the third or fourth season of that, they started bringing in like Superman Mm -hmm. and Green Lantern and stuff. He was cool in that, but... yeah. yeah. And the other reason why I like Emerald Knights over First Flight is because they'd brought Nathan Fillion in to do The Voice by that point, yep. which uh, is perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I wish he would have been Green Lantern. I really
0: do. Um, go on then, back to you. Okay, so my second or fourth choice, however you want to list them these signs is the Justice League versus the Fatal Five, okay. which was a recent, uh, recent release. Now, I think this one holds a little bit more of a special place for me mainly because this is set very much in vain of the Justice League Justice League Unlimited yeah. TV series universe it's not exactly because I think we both recall that there was a Legion of Superheroes and Fatal 5 kind of story yes. within that which involved Green Arrow, Supergirl etc hopefully we'll cover that at a later junction but I mean, this was the returning cast of Kevin Conroy as Batman. You've got Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman. And you've got jo- George Newbern as Superman. And as soon as you hear those voices, that just, it just feels very comforting for me. When you watch some of these animated films, yep. some of the later voices, I- I've got nothing against any of them particularly. But this lot is just very comfortable um, and, and just yeah, very very enjoyable. Uh, in listening to this lot, so this is a story basically about uh, you know the Fatal Five, which is uh, set in the future with the just the, uh, sorry with the Legion of Superheroes. Um, and so it's very different to the, to the original one. It's also the introduction of Jessica Cruz, uh, another Green Lantern, uh, somebody who suffers suffers sorry, from uh, strong anxiety after almost being murdered. Um, so you know it's, it, it it touches this one actually touches on mental health yeah. with a couple of characters, with Jessica Cruz, uh, and also with Starboy, who is the member of the Legion of Superheroes who kind of gets thrown back in time yeah. when the Fatal Five uh, return to kind of present day as we might refer to it mm-hmm. um, to basically come back and try and free their leader yeah. uh, the em- uh, Emerald Empress uh, who's been imprisoned on Urwa again, home of the Green Lantern Corps and so because she's been imprisoned in the past to try and keep her away from her cohorts in the future so th- it's kind of, you know, their mission is basically to free her and then kind of destroy Earth so that the Legion never exists but I really, I, I don't know I just really enjoyed this because it wasn't as expected, it wasn't your traditional kind of JLI, JLU, whichever you want to you know call it. Uh, it wasn't your kind of traditional one. It did talk about the fact that Starboy suffers from mental health issues, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have the medication of the future to kind of tackle that. So he has you know various outbursts about certain things, and then he and Jessica Cruz build up a bit of a relationship again because they're suffering each through you know their own ways through 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 certain things. Yeah. I just really enjoyed this. Um, I mean, there's some really funny interplay as well with Ms. Martian trying to get accepted into the league, who's you know, unfortunately being you know shadowed by Batman uh, of all people. Okay. Let's face it; he's not gonna he's it's not gonna be an easy task for Batman to let you into the Justice League. No, not really. uh, so again, the interplay there is just really enjoyable. But like I say, I think the major crux for me was the fact that this was a very much a return to uh, the Justice League animated cast. Uh, I loved it. I, I know that it wasn't necessarily in, in canon with, with all of that, but again, it touched on some really cool stuff. The fact that we've got uh, you know a new Green Lantern, we've got the Legion of Superheroes, who are just fantastic characters in there themselves. Uh, it was just a really enjoyable story. And plus, it kind of came out of nowhere. I hadn't been reading about this, and then suddenly it appeared, and I was like, wow, this is really enjoyable. Yeah. No, I, I remember watching that one. I do. Um...
1: Uh, the, the, my issues with the later ones, like you say, that felt like a bit more of a throwback. My issues with the later ones are the the, the new fifty two ness, because mm-hmm. that's just not my that's not my Justice
0: League. That was it. I saw, you know? As soon as you see Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, this, I'm like, that's that's the Superman costume. I love that's the Batman. You know that you know. So uh, yeah. Uh, so back over to you.
1: Okay. So number four, I. Uh, I got two together because we, uh, obviously, uh, listeners won't know this, but I, I did some research and printed out some lists for us that broke up the various continuities of these uh, these films. Uh, and there's two of them that are based on the Grant Morrison uh, JLA storylines mm-hmm. that were published in the noughties. And I very much enjoy those. So I decided to watch two of them. Unfortunately, one of them is totally different voices, and I don't like them at all. So <laughs> throwing that one away, <laughs> right. I don't like it. It's crisis on two earth.
0: Ah uh, yes.
1: I don't disagree with because it's the uh, the crime syndicate. Yeah. that. and I like the mirror opposite thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't mind it, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, all the voices are wrong uh, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I-, I thought James Woods did a good man though. Yes. I, I, I did. That. Oh yeah. Give you that one.
1: <laughs> um. So, we're going to talk about Justice League Doom instead, which is uh, adapted from the Tower of Babel storyline, I think it was, in the comics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vandal Savage um, puts together a a Legion of Doom to take out the Justice League uh, so that he can uh, basically wipe out most of the planet and then rebuild it in his own image. It's your standard fare, Mm -hmm. but like you, it's in here because it it's the classic... Uh, the classic voices. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's an awesome one. Um, I like the storyline because it's... Um, he takes out the Justice League using ideas stolen from Batman's backhoe mm-hmm. because Batman has a contingency plan for everyone mm-hmm. and that's why it hits home for me as well because as you know, um, you know we, we were reading comics around the times of identity crisis uh, and infinite crisis and all that sort of stuff when when loyalties were being tested within the Justice League yep. and mind wiping was going on yep. and Batman was running paranoid and putting together ideas so it was a repeat of the same storyline essentially, uh, although it was the OMAC project wasn't it but yep. Um, yeah, I, I like that idea. I like that Batman has
0: contingencies, uh, uh, contingencies
1: yeah. for everyone, and I love it even more than the right at the end. Everyone's like, nah, we're kicking you out of the Justice League, and he's like, alright, you don't think I'd do exactly the same thing again? Mm-hmm. You're idiots.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a Batman.
1: I need to have contingencies for everyone. And then, he, so he just walks out, and then Supe meets, meets him at the teleporter and gives him back the kryptonite that he keeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, for soups. So he's like, yeah, you take that. I'd rather know that it was with you. Yeah, I trust you. Because, you know, they
0: have that bond. Yeah. Um, and I shall explore that bond further later on. Okay. Over to you. Okay. So mine... Um, <laughs> now, oddly enough, I went for... It, it wasn't intentional, but as I was starting to watch a lot of these, the two which... I mean, again, try, I tried not to pick necessarily recent. Uh, DC animated films, but these two really did go back to back. So, the first one I'll cover is The Death of Superman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because this was so very, very faithful. Not entirely, for for obvious reasons, but it was very, very faithful to the original story. Um, Now, for those of you who haven't read it, this is actually probably one of the best Superman stories of all time if you, if you have the luxury of going and buying the graphic novel. So there is The Death of Superman and there's the kind of sequel part to it. But we'll cover The Death of Superman first. Uh, so it opens kind of with the usual, you know, saving of the day. Um, you know, the mayor says, you know, what would we do without you kind of a deal. Yeah. And that just, you know, that foreshadows uh-huh. the rest of this thing. You've got Lois and Clark in a relationship. However, she doesn't know his secret at this point. Okay. So that was, again, a bit of a change for the graphic novel version of this. You've got introductions of all of the future kind of iterations of Superman's supporting cast. You've got Henry Irons, or Steel. Mm-hmm. You've got Hank Henshaw, Cyborg Superman. And then you've got the Superboy clone. Not much is seen too much about some of these individuals, but they're there. Uh, obviously, Lex Luthor is still a part of it. Um, at one point, there's just a really nice throwback because he's kind of dressed as as Lionel Luthor. He's got the you know orange wig on and the orange beard, and he just kind of whips it off. And I was like, that's a, that's a nice little nod back nice to that nod, kind of yeah. era as well. Um, and then it's it's the arrival of Doomsday. Really, again, this has changed from the comic book version of it. Instead of kind of borrowing his way through the Earth, he arrives by meteorite instead. So it's, again, it changes it up, and that causes an accident with Hank Henshaw, and you know, and, and things like that. So that kind of leads to his thing. Mm-hmm. But while this is all kind of going on, just as, as Doomsday is kind of arriving, you know, Clark Kent's having a bit of a crisis of identity. Uh, you know, Lois is meeting the Kents for the first time. He he's kind of wondering whether he should tell Lois his secret or not. And just as he kind of tells her, everything with Doomsday kicks off in in earnest. So you know, Doomsday goes through. An absolute path of destruction, and this is—I think—this is one of the best versions of this story. That I mean, we've both seen a terrible version on a Smallville series of this particular character. Well, is
1: Superman Doomsday, which is the. Pre New Fifty Two telling.
0: Yes, uh, and that was not nowhere near as enjoyable as this. I mean, the, the absolute path of destruction. He goes through almost all of the Justice League in, within a matter of minutes. He takes out Hawkman in seconds, Green Lantern in seconds, Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter. Even Batman at this point is just getting his ass whooped. Finally, he's trying to take out Wonder Woman, and just even she has a no defense against him. And then. Superman enters the battle, and what I mean—it's an epic battle. It goes on. I can't even think twenty, thirty minutes. This battle goes yeah, on quite—it's
1: most of the thing, isn't it? Yeah, again,
0: it was it's, most of the combat. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, within the first few seconds of the fight, he makes Superman bleed. That says yeah. volumes to yeah, to this yeah, kind exactly. of story. Now, I, calling it the death of Superman it's foreshadowing as well. You yeah. you know, kind of what's coming home. You know everything that's going to go down, really, but as this battle is still going on, you've still got him running around trying to save civilians while in the midst of this massive battle. Yeah. Finally, Doomsday, you know, hits, or he's about to go and hit Lois Lane. So Superman finally, you know, just snaps and just finally punches him in the face, cracking his neck all the way around. This is a guy who doesn't kill. Yeah, exactly. you know. he doesn't kill, and he always holds but, back. Yeah. All, always holds back. Always. In, even Wonder Woman says to him at one point, don't hold back. You, you can't hold back. Uh, but as he goes for this final fist-shattering punch, he gets impaled on one of the claws and, and basically dies and loads his arms. Now, again, it's not ruining too much because the, it's, it's called, called The Death, Death of Superman. Yeah, exactly. And um, It's based on a comic book called Death of Superman. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, there's this really nice homage to the covers uh, and, and a scene within that with, you know, the... Flag on the pole. Flag on the pole, the red cape on the pole. Which is really nice. Uh, and then you kind of get the funeral for Superman, which is then building up the return of Superman. You've got quick inter-shots of Superboy breaking out of his confinement. You've got Steel kind of making his new outfit. You've got the Fortress of Solitude suddenly being built. <laughs> and then you suddenly get a shot of Cythal Superman. So that's foreshadowing of the next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just loved it. It was a really really faithful adaptation mm-hmm. emotional as hell.
1: I don't well. I don't dislike that one I've got to be honest. Uh I I just I don't know. Just uh, it doesn't do it for me I think because again mm-hmm. the voices are they're not quite they're not voices they're not no, bad no. necessarily.
0: No. I, just, I think that's the thing I think because we got so far down the line at this point with so many mm. different iterations of voices and stuff yeah, like that really I been just got comfortable with you this used one to it. And let's face it, your boy Nathan Fillion is Al Jordan in it. Yeah, that's true. So, you know. He's in for Jordan. So, right, back over to you before uh, before I say too much more on that one.
1: Oh, is rain its own separate
0: thing? I'm gonna, well, I mean, if you want me to cover the next one next, I'm happy to do so. No, oh, no, is rain
1: your next one? It is the next one. Okay, because yeah. I've been bundling two together. Yeah. As one.
0: Oh, okay. okay, well, no, yeah, so I'm, okay, so I'll do my next one, and so then I, you... Like the, the,
1: the Green Lantern thingy, I'd push two together. While... I,
0: I, that was the thing, like, I wanted to do them separate, because I knew that okay, I'd quite fine. a
1: bit so, for... Okay, uh, I'll do my that. next. Okay, good, good, good. So... Uh, gives me a chance to have a drink. Let's go with... Yeah, I think that one went. Uh, so, number three. My number three is Batman Year One. Ah, uh, yeah which is uh, an adaptation of the Frank Miller, I want to say 1986, 87, something like that, comic book. Uh, I've reread it in the last few days, uh, just to, to see how close it is. But it, it basically tells is, is a reimagining for the modern era of uh, Batman's origin. They did it with all of them around that time, didn't they? There was a new Superman origin, mm-hmm. Flash, and GL, and they, they sort of rebooted them all. Um, but yeah, so this one is, is Frank Miller. So, it's, it, it's, there's a lot of comparisons as you're watching it to. Uh, there's a lot of Batman Begins in there mm-hmm. because Batman Begins drew heavily from, from year one. Yeah. So, you, you recognize sequences, and it's quite interesting to see how the animated version plays out versus, versus the other one. Um, but, like, if you think that Chris Nolan presents you a gritty version of Batman, then, you, you know, good God. This, this is grit at a whole new level of gritty, because mm-hmm. it's Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. So, he's responsible in films about Mr. Miller for, unfortunately, some pure tripe. Uh, like, oh Christ, what was it, Will Eisner's The Spirit? Yes. God, that was awful. Um, but he did have a hand in Sin City and 300 both of which, I, I mean, I love 300. I'll admit it's just like sweaty men shouting and fighting a lot, but, you know, I like wrestling, so it stands <laughs> to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, the grittiness, like Cat- Catwoman's a prostitute
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in, in it, uh, which is true to the comics and it's still canon as far as I'm aware, mm-hmm. as for her origin. Um, but again, it, it's Millipine being gritty. Um, Oh, there's a sequence that I absolutely loved. So there's uh, there's a bit where Gordon um, Gordon gets beaten up because he's not a bent cop, basically, and uh, he he gets the ringleader of the guys who've beaten him up and drives him out into the middle of nowhere. And the voiceover says, "It's been years since I've had to take out a Green Beret, even though, even so, he deserves a handicap." Gordon then throws him a baseball bat and proceeds to beat the holy shit out of him. It's ridiculous. Like, he strips him naked, ties him up, and fucks off. It's like, this is Jim Gordon. This is Rambo. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But again, it's it's Frank Miller. So, ooh, it's gritty. It's gritty. Jim Gordon's actually a total badass who can beat the shit out of people. And don't be wrong, I'm mocking it, but I, I love it. It's an awesome sequence. And because most of it is narrated by either Gordon or Batman, it's, it's really cool as, to see him talking about it like that. But it did make me think, like, wow, how far have we come from <laughs> the, the commission of Gordon that people would know from maybe the 60s TV show and
0: stuff. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, he's he's got, Gary he's, Oldman, <laughs> do you imagine Gary
1: Oldman beating the living piss out of a massive beefcake footballer?
0: I don't know. I think you know the character yeah. just hasn't been built that way. No, but you know know mean, I you, mean, you get flashes of how badass he is when he, you know, it, it, within the films themselves, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he still holds his own against oh, shit. He, he holds he his, his own, own. Don't be wrong.
1: But like I say, this is a big beefcake jock. <laughs> he throws him a baseball bat as a handicap because <laughs> he. Oh god. Um. So the cast is uh, Brian Cranston as Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good one. I think he does really well. Uh, ben McKenzie is Batman, which makes me chuckle because whether he was at the time or he certainly went off on to be Jim Gordon in Gotham. In Gotham. Yeah. So that's quite amusing. <laughs> Not a of course, that you will know him from your favourite TV show, The O.C. Hey,
0: yeah, I watched that back in the day. Don't be dissing.
1: I don't, I don't mean the original, the official, The Only Club That Matters, by the way. I mean the TV yeah. show that you watched because uh, you're a big girl.
0: Hey, um, I, I love Rachel Bilson. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: And then the only thing, uh, the other thing I'd mention is Eliza Dushku because I love Eliza Dushku, um, and she does Catwoman in it, and I think she's got the right heist for it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's really good. I've reread really the comic; it's very close to the comic. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's
0: a damn good, damn good adapt. Yeah, no, I'd uh, I totally, totally agree. It was close to being in my, my list, mm-hmm. but I suspected it would probably be in yours. And uh, I forget we try and cover as many of the movies as possible uh, to, to give our listeners a bit of variety. Yeah. Yep. So I will... Continue mine then with Reign of Superman, uh, which, let's face it, wasn't a bit of a surprise uh, because I'd already watched Death of Superman. Now, it it was kind of two-fold, let's face it. I was like, you know what, I've I've put one. I need to do the second part of this.
1: Yeah, like you say, it definitely runs as two-part. I did watch both of these, and I've got notes for both because I felt I couldn't do notes for one.
0: No, it was was more because Death Death of Superman was the more emotional of the two, most definitely for me. Um, You know... not to say that Reign of Superman isn't, you know, it doesn't have a, a punchy or, or two here or there, but definitely, you know, the the death of Superman, you you see that impact on all of the characters. You, you, even Batman's like, you know, heartbroken, and that's saying something. That's Batman for Christ's sake. Uh, so this one kind of opens six months later post death of Superman. So you get the introductions of Superboy. Now, one thing that I will say, and I loved about this, was the comics accurate version of Superboy with the round glasses, the kind yeah. of leather jacket, and stuff like that. Yeah, a... I love the way they looked, to yeah. be fair. They looked awesome in that. Yeah, and that was it. Again, uh, you know, you get your introductions of, of Steel, The Eradicator, and Cyborg Superman. Again, all very, very. True to the comic book form, which sometimes, especially given that this was a New Fifty Two version of the kind of story, it was really nice to see that they didn't just kind of wash that over and go, ah, oh, yeah, let's New Fifty Two them up. Um, you know that 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 was good. Each one of these guys has a different fighting style. You know, you've got Lex Luthor trying to keep control of Superboy. Uh, you know, he, he's claiming is the the true heir to kind of Superman's throne. He, although it's revealed that he is a clone of Superman, and now th- th- again within this now this wasn't at that point something that, that was revealed now we, we both have read the comic book run a lot later, Teen Titans, where it's revealed that this clone mm-hmm. is a clone of Superman and of Lex Luthor. yeah, at that point, this wasn't known. this was a lot lot later in the future. I think it was Jeff John's run of Teen Titans where uh, that Jeff kind of came it
1: because he wasn't originally. Yeah, oh, no, he was just a clone of Superman. Uh, yeah, the original graphic.
0: Yeah,
1: um, oh, the original run of Reign of the Superman.
0: Yeah, so that that was just a cool little add in there as well, which I thought was great because it, again, it, it foreshadows stuff. Perhaps if they continue this this kind of storyline. Um, anyway, is the reveal that you know you've got Dark Side. Who is revealed as the kind of the brains behind Cyborg Superman, who's been running around trying to save everybody, giving this false impression that he's the heir to the throne of of Superman and stuff like this. Um, You know, you've got Eradicator revealed as the kind of tech protecting Kryptonian uh, heritage and all this stuff, and then revealed that Superman is actually within the fortress still. Yeah. Again, we're not surprised by the fact that Superman's going to return. It was again kind of foreshadowed in the previous one, yeah. uh, because again, somebody breaks his body out of his his tomb uh, at the end of the first—I say the first film. You know, the end of Death of Superman. So you know, again, this is all connected, and then Superman comes back and starts fighting a big battle with Cyborg Superman, who ends up you know betraying Darkseid because he just basically wants to kill Superman himself because he's. Pissed off that he didn't save his wife mm-hmm. uh, in the first of the two films, uh, which is understandable. And that's the thing, there's always been this thing with Hank Henshaw and the history of, of, between him and Superman and stuff like that. You know, the battle continues, um, but eventually, due to Superman not having his full powers back yet, he gets some, you know, yellow sun rays on him. Boom, he's back up to full standing. So, again, it was this good. I don't think the fight scenes are necessarily as good. As the previous one, because yeah. that battle between he and Doomsday was a little bit more epic, yeah. because he'd gone through the entirety of the Legion, of uh, uh, the Legion, sorry, the League at this point, whereas the League are just kind of disposed of in this one. So that that's kind of washed away. Whereas the fact that Doomsday had gone through the entire lot previously was was really enjoyable, I think, because it was just two guys slugging it out. You know, we we've seen the destruction which occurred. In that one, this is kind of less so, uh, but eventually, you know, Superman overcomes, as as he often does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we, re- what I really liked about this is kind of the ending. You know, he's he's kind of reunited with everybody. Uh, Superboy is get gets taken in. By the Kents, he gets called Connor. So again, oh, in line with various things, and everybody just kind of celebrates the, the return of Superman and also Clark Kent, who has been missing throughout this entire ordeal. Yes. And everybody doesn't really suspect that the one and the two are the same. Um, of course, why would they? Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like I say, it was it was the second part of this whole death of Superman, reign of Superman, kind of. Because i watched it back to back. I just had that one overpass. I just went, this is one encompassing film, really. So I could, yes, I had to separate the two for obvious reasons. But as a very faithful, true adaptation of that particular story in in Superman's history, Mm -hmm. I couldn't fault it. Um, You know, don't get me wrong. Again, the voices in places are a little bit jaded. But... My only complaint
1: with it really is that the reign of the Superman storyline is so epic mm-hmm. that I don't think any of these hour and ten minute long animations ever does it justice. Or no, I get, it justice. I get you. I get you. But that's that's the only criticism that I could have. Really, again, it didn't. It, they were close to mine. Like I say, they made the two of them made my top ten because they they are. know, yeah, I rewatched them, so they got close, but. Yeah, they just don't quite cut it. I mean, that's the thing, I think... Most and, and again, that's not to say I don't like them. I do. They're just
0: not... As yeah. No, no, it's, it, it is hard to be entirely faithful to some of these adaptations at times because is, the source material is, is, you know, what it is. A huge oh, God, yeah. A tomb. A huge tomb. Tome. I think tome, tome. maybe, of Yeah, Yeah. and it it was always going to be hard to adapt some of these. Again, as you mentioned on Hush, I love that story. I really did not like the film because they made such massive transitions from the original story and I I just didn't enjoy that. I
1: I find killing jokes the same.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I love the story, don't love the film.
1: Yeah, because they added the bit in at the beginning Mm -hmm. with him and her getting it on and it just doesn't work. No, it doesn't.
0: Um, Cool. Right, so back over to you.
1: So, Um, one thing I didn't mention in the last one which was uh, year one uh, is that uh, I I like the art style very much because it it adopts an art style that that goes for, goes away from your basic JLA Mm -hmm. that we might understand or some of the new 52 ones Um, more like Gotham by Gaslight adopts uh, a style that's similar to the comic book on which it's based Um, and so my number twos. (laughs) Again, I'm bundling two together because I'm going to cheat, but it's uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies and Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, mm-hmm. both of which are adapted from the start of uh, the Jeff Loeb run on the comic mm-hmm. uh, and, and are basically the first two graphic novels uh, when they're collected. So, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies is probably my favourite of the two because it's Lex as the baddie, mm-hmm. and Lex is President. Mm-hmm. And Superman knows he's not right for the job, and knows he's going to be a baddie, but everyone else is convinced that he's fine, and you've got to give him a second chance and everything. So it's you know you know what's going to happen. It's pissing Lex like you've got to be an idiot not to know what's going to happen. Um, But again, it, it, it nods towards. Ed McGinnis's art style, mm-hmm. who who did the first arc, um, so everyone's very blocky and chunky mm-hmm. in the characters. Yes, yeah. He, he draws them very chunky like that. Um, there's there's a, 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 a the interplay between Batman and Superman throughout is is brilliant. There's a bit where Superman's like, "Oh, do you have something worked you have something worked out, right?" And Batman says, "No, I'm sure it'll come to me." Mm-hmm. And it's just a bit, you just trust him implicitly because he knows that he will have a plan at some point. Um, I like that in this one, uh, Superman seems to have an obsession with just flying people out of the atmosphere to subdue them. Does it talk about two or three characters? Just just flies them straight up in the air until they lose consciousness, and then brings them back down again. It just really makes me laugh. Like it's just like genius. Oh, take you up there, okay, and we're done. Um, uh, and it's uh, got Lex's suit in it, which I really like as well. The the classic green and purple mm-hmm. big suit that he finds himself in that looks awesome and there's some great fights then between him and uh superman with the suit on um there's a bit where they're fighting and lex falls he's falling out of the air and i think it's ripped from the comics i didn't have time to go and check but um he goes through a water tower outside a small farm which is obviously a massive nod back to Superman's Crash Landing, where he did the same thing in the classic image of it. Um, but yeah, I the, the Public Enemies I think is my favourite. They end up going and getting a big robot because there's a meteorite, kryptonite meteorite, heading towards Earth, mm-hmm. and they need to stop it. And Lex wouldn't let them, and then finally he does, and they end up going to Japan, and a Japanese kid has built a massive robot there's half Superman half Batman mm-hmm. that can destroy it
0: as I recall he was the version was, he was a version of Toyman yes a v that's company. right yeah, yeah
1: they call him Toy Man yeah. actually yeah that's right um, so yeah it's, I, I really like it it's very cool um, at the end Batman disappears like he always does uh, question when did that start do you know when, 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 when did Batman when did it become Batman's thing to disappear while someone else is talking because it's in the Nolan stuff. Mm-hmm. It's in the animated series stuff.
0: Is it in the... It's, it, oh, I don't know whether don't it's in think, the Burns. I, I know it's in the it, J- Justice League it, yeah, animated he does as it well.
1: to Superman and whoever he's talking to. In yeah, the yeah. End. And I just thought, I wonder when that started. I wonder what...
0: That's your research point.
1: ...interpretation of Batman started that.
0: There you go. Research it and tell everybody oh, next time. Okay.
1: Um, so moving on to Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. So this one is Dark Side. So we're onto a lovely Dark Side storyline. Darkseid's trying to uh, get Kara in this one because we introduced Supergirl right at the beginning. So this one was drawn by Michael Turner. God, yeah, like great, it Michael looks Turner, gorgeous, Michael Turner, Lord rest him. Uh, he, he knew how to draw these characters, particularly Supergirl. I know. I've the got... versions of Supergirl work.
0: Yeah, I've got the first sure. first issues of the, the entire run of, of, of this, I think. I remember. Um, it's, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, the art style shows that. They've animated it in that mm-hmm. way so that there are shots that are just... It looks like Michael Turner's drawn it himself. Mm. It's really, really good. Uh, but yeah, Darkseid's the villain. He wants to get Kara and... Turner, basically, onto his side, using Granny Goodness. Um, so, off we go. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I, just, I, noted that I like the way he draws Flash as well, as I'm sure you do, Michael Turner.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Again, I've got another stuff. couple of covers of his. Um,
1: so, yeah, we get the whole Dark Side thing, the Furies, the Parademons, it's all there. Um, it, all, it all rockets through, and, and the final act, fight, is... Absolutely incredible, because Supergirl is just beating the living shit out of him for a, a dark side for ages and just taking a mega beam after a mega beam because Superman's already been put out of commission, mm-hmm. so she 's the only one left, and she just keeps getting up every single time and it oh, it's just such a great fight, um, and like I said the art. The, the artwork really adds to it, and again, it's it's another great arc from a great comic and a great adaptation of it mm-hmm. that really works. Um, and, and like I say, the artwork, the Turner art, is just sort of your cherry on the top, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've really got much more to say. We're running along again, so I'm going to keep
0: it short <laughs> on that one. I've only got one more to go after you sure? Is, is it one or one, one and two? You know, you've got, you've got another was, bulk. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I've got one more. Okay, okay. Uh, right, so my final one is Batman Under the Red Hood. Okay. So for those who don't know, uh, this is pretty much the story of Jason Todd, uh, who was the second Robin uh, who died as a result. Now, in this, he he died as a result of a Joker attack and then kind of a a bomb explosion. Uh, But he was always kind of seen as the the rash, kind of violent Mm -hmm. risk-taker when it comes to the Robins. So this interludes, so this kind of begins the story. You know, you've got this story that, you know, he dies by right the beginning of it, and then you cut to five years later. Um, and then you've got you know, Red Hood taking over the Gotham underworld and, and offering protection against Batman and against Black Mask. Um, and then after a series of encounters between Night- Nightwing and Batman, they kind of realize that the Red Hood knows Batman's tactics and, and his gadgets. And actually, they know that he knows that... Batman is Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and so this at this point, I know um, I, I know having read the story way back, mm-hmm. I knew who was under the Red Hood. Yeah, yeah no, no pun intended. Um, so I already knew, but again, it's the way that the film actually goes into this. Yeah, okay, we, we've already got it at the very start of the film subverting it by saying, "Oh look, Jason, Jason Todd dies," and you kind of go, "Oh well, okay, he must be under the Red Hood." I get that, but at the same time, it is still the fact that. When they're trying to discover this, it's like Batman just doesn't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. And why would he? Why would he want to believe that a kid that he feels he let down and let die is actually alive? Yeah. Um, so eventually, you know, the Red Hood kills somebody in front of Batman, which completely shocks him. And he does it simply because he's like, they're not afraid. If you if you can't get them afraid and you can't get them to do the right thing, then they're, you know, they're, they're They're written off. Mm. And that scares the shit out of Batman, which I love, because again, that's the whole thing, and again, one of the reasons that Batman and Superman intertwine so well, because neither of them is willing to kill. Yeah, Um, Which which is, again, the fundamentals are part of their, their friendship. But Taking a blood sample, revealing that this is kind of Jason Todd, and then confronting Ra's Al Ghul, a Ra's Al Ghul, however you want to pronounce it, and there's different versions of that for different people, uh, who felt responsible as a result of him dying, and uses the Lazarus Pit. Uh, for those comic aficionados, the Lazarus Pit is is well known. For those who aren't. Lazarus Pit is kind of a comic book device in the DC universe in order to reanimate the dead. However, when it does, it kind of brings them back a little bit fucked up. Yeah, it does. Um, they quite right. They're really not quite right. And given that Jason Todd was always a bit dubious to begin with, it brings it back even worse. So, I mean, it's eventually revealed that his whole plan is basically wanting to draw the Joker out for payback for killing him. He doesn't really, he doesn't, he, he's understanding and he doesn't Give Batman any grief for letting him die. He understands that. He, he's really he's forgiven him for that. What he can't forgive is the fact that he's letting the Joker still run around. Mm, yeah, not the Joker has, the has Joker, right. killed enough people in his time. Yeah, and he just doesn't accept it. And that is actually something that has come up in the comic books time and time again. Uh, you know, it's been the part of the story for Kingdom Come mm-hmm. uh, and for various other iterations of other stories that. If Batman doesn't take the Joker out, what is he just going to do? Just going to let him run around and viciously maim and kill everybody? So, uh, you know, I get, I'm not going to cover the end because I, I do. This is one of the ones that I actually want people to go and watch mm-hmm. because this is one of the most. This is genuinely one of the most faithful adaptations, I think, of the graphic novel or the comic book run, whichever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really, really enjoyable. Um, I think that. Jason Ackles does a really good job as the Red Hood. Not even uh, has he done a really good job as the voice. Uh, There's some really cool characters as well. I know Neil Patrick Harris does the voice of Nightwing in this as well, which I thought was really cool. Uh, But Jensen Ackles, who's from uh, Supernatural, and even appeared in uh, Smallville.
1: He was in Smallville! Jesus Christ. Was he Arrow? I want to say he was the interpretation of Green Arrow. No,
0: no, he, no, was, that was, he was just some boyfriend of Lana Lang's or something he? like
1: that. Oh, I can't See, remember I forgot to, I've he just was, read yeah. my notes actually for Public Enemies. I forgot to mention Alison Mack,
0: who was Chloe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was oh, I probably, probably shouldn't enemies. talk too much about her and her, you know, giving her later alliances with you know sex cults and the like oh, uh, I didn't know about that, you didn't know about that oh dear oh dear oh god you need to read up on that Oof, okay. jesus christ anyway uh yeah oh, but for next time later yeah uh, anyway the fact that he actually still wants to play the live screen version of jason todd so much so that i've actually seen him like in halloween garb and stuff yeah. like he looks badass yeah. as, as the red hood not no joke seriously looks badass but yeah uh, it, considering the amount of dc films i had to go through that was the one that i was like you know what it Very faithful, very true. And I just sat down, switched off, and really loved that one. Yeah, Um, There were were plenty of other ones that almost pipped it to the post. But, uh, yeah, and shockingly, all of those are either a Batman or a Superman story. But that is also, if we look at the films, that's pretty much the bread and butter of DC Animated.
1: Uh, It kind of is, yeah. There's not a huge amount of variation. Uh, The odd Teen Titans here and there. Uh, The odd Justice League. Um... Yeah, not a lot else, is there? No. Cool, okay. So
0: Final one for you. My final one.
1: Now this continues my theme. My favorite three choices for films uh, are largely due to the artwork being faithful to the original comic, mm-hmm. or at least trying to show to trying to be different from the standard animation they would produce Excuse me. for these sort of animations. So my final one is Justice League New Frontier,
0: mm. oh, Okay, yeah, which I was one of the that.
1: very early ones. In fact, on my list it says it's second. Um, so this is uh, an adaptation of the Darwin Cook uh, two-part graphic novel, I think it was, actually. I don't even think it was single issues. Was it?
0: No, well, uh, yeah, I believe you were correct.
1: Yeah. Um, I've got it over there. I haven't reread it, actually, but I know it's close anyway, because I've read it about
0: 15 times.
1: Um, so again, the artwork, straight off the bat, is great. Um, we get a nice little intro sequence that introduces us to something called the center, which is just a very ominous thing that has existed always existed uh, under the surface of the earth or somewhere like that uh, but there's, there's like a little intro flipbook it's like a you know, a Disney uh, an old Disney animation almost with the pages turning but there's a great little flipbook of humanity's growing violence through the ages to the bomb you know to the nuclear bomb and stuff um, and uh, essentially for a while you don't really know what's going on because you're just meeting all the different superheroes as you go along and we meet Hal Jordan and again maybe that's kind of why it's at the top of my list as well, because it's it's another telling of his origin story, a different one. It's the same basic idea, but slightly tweaked uh, to fit with this film. Um, and I, I think it's really a really good one. But uh, as we're meeting all the people, we start to realise that everything is connected to the centre, whatever that might be. Um, and then as the film moves on, uh, obviously the centre presents itself, and the third act is our fight against the centre. But um, other than the, uh, yeah, apart from the art f- style, there's uh, right at the beginning when we meet Hal, he's uh, in the Korean War with his buddy, and it's uh, they get a call over the radio to say the Korean War's done, so they're like, hey, let's turn around, let's go back to base, and uh, two fighters who obviously haven't had the same message from the Korean side uh, shoot them down. Mm-hmm. So how Jordan crash lands? and then gets jumped by a Korean soldier, who, again, has not had the order that there's a ceasefire. Mm -hmm. And there's this big sort of scuffle where he's, because he could kill him, but he doesn't want to kill him because he just doesn't know. But he can't communicate to this guy Mm -hmm. that it's okay, we don't need to fight anymore. So he ends up having to kill the guy because he's trying to kill him. And later in the film, you learn that that's the only person he killed with a weapon during the war. He was a pilot, and he used to just do tricksy moves to make people hit other things or crash into stuff so that he didn't have to use his guns and stuff during it. But again, such an adult. Theme to start off with of, of war and the fight for survival. Again, he says later on, like I learned in the war, what I what I would do to li- to survive. I, what I would do, what would make me kill? That's what he says. I learned what would make me kill, and I would kill to survive. Um, and yeah, the the the, the other it's a piece that covers with there's a conversation between superman and lois lane and like when you think about what they're actually discussing the the theme sort of the, the underlying subtext of this whole thing is is politics the nature of heroism uh, loyalty between friends between governments uh, are they vigilantes are they not what a, where's the line because wonder woman frees a band of women who are being kept as sex slaves by some rebels she disarms the rebels, puts the gun in a clearing, mm. frees the women, and says, "Go for it." Mm-hmm. And Superman's like, yeah, "You can't do that." Mm. She's like, "What? I've given them freedom and justice. That's the American way. What else you complain?" But it's that morally sticky ground of, mm, "Yeah, but you're a superhero. Should you do that?"
0: Yeah, no, I remember and it uh, makes uh, the government very scared of them. I remember reading it, and it was, uh, as you say, it was very uh, ethically and morally. Discussive of uh, social issues and yeah, things like that, and, and that again, sometimes isn't always 60s, there.
1: Sixties, something like
0: that, yeah, I think. yeah. So yeah. Um,
1: it's it's very really of that period as well. Yeah. And again, I think the art style lends itself to that Definitely. as well. Um, it also, as you said earlier, it deals with PTSD mm-hmm. uh, from How Jordan throughout the whole thing. He's struggling with it when he get offers gets offered the ring, and they say you're you know you uh, you've got no fear you've got great willpower he's like no i haven't i'm i'm a coward i you know i i i, I went into veterinary hospital after the war i'm i'm nobody mm-hmm. um but obviously the ring knows his true nature um, yeah it's, it's really good people should watch it I'm just going to a, a mention a quick note about the cast because uh, Green Lantern is uh, David Boreanaz who is uh, I've got a big soft spot for him he's the only other man I'd like to do the voice so if it's not Fillion I'll have David Boreanaz okay. instead uh, Neil Patrick Harris is The Flash which I love uh, Lucy Lawless is Wonder Woman Carl McLaughlin Superman Jeremy Sisto is Batman I actually love his Batman. I really didn't enjoy his oh, Batman. Love
0: it. I didn't. Well, that's it. You can't all like and it. And
1: then the voice of the centre, um, who is Keith David. And the only reason I mention him I mean, he's one of these actors that you'd know from something anyway. Oh, God, yeah. Everyone would. But uh, it turns out he's the voice of Spawn from the HBO animated series that I mentioned last week. So <laughs> I thought I'd mention him. There you go. So there we are. Just League New Frontier is my top choice out of those 35. Um... Yes. yes. Uh, 35. What Jeez. Oh, if you are interested, let us know. You can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Screen Masters and send us a message. Leave a comment on any of the videos there. We will read everything. You can head over to YouTube and search for Back Media or Screen Masters and find us over there. Subscribe it. Hit the bell. Do whatever. Even if you don't listen to it on YouTube, go and do it because it sets off algorithms and things that, like I say, can help Wayne keep him... uh, Help us keep Wayne in tea. That's what I'm trying to say. Or you can head over to Patreon uh, which is patreon.com I don't know the forward slash easy bit address so just go over there and search for us we'll be on there somewhere under biteback media network or biteback media uh like share subscribe share like friends tell them hello we're still here it's the end I don't know what else to say, so... Uh, you seem a little
0: bit out of breath there, you right.
1: I am a little bit, I need to get another drink, I think. Because <laughs> uh, I'm dry of throat. But thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, mm. I've been Bav. I have been fluff. And this has been Screen Masters.